With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. What is up? Field Street Forum Radio is on the air. It is Wednesday. We are back after a one-week hiatus due to Valentine's Day. Like I said, we love the dogs. We love all the Field Street Forum folks, but Valentine's Day, we needed to hang out with the wives, your girlfriends, or your significant other, whatever. Take a little time all week after. It was the week after signing day. So it was a perfect time to take a little break. And uh, But you know what? We're back now. Ready to get back to it. I'm your host, The Real Dre. Soon to be joined by Jason Harry Dog. Anybody else wants to give us a call? Dial in 724-444-7444. Hit the call ID 127467. Hashtag. We'll get you on the air unless you're, you know, you're shy. Or if you just want to listen in, you can listen in that way. Or you can hit the uh, link talkshoe.com, then search Field Street Forum Radio. You can click on there and, and listen in as well. Just just listen in via the computer. Um, but you know what? What's what's shaking with everybody? We, uh, you know, of course, have a little bit of a. We'll we'll probably kind of hit some of the things tonight that we'll we'll talk about. Of course, talk about Georgia basketball, I guess. Uh, tonight we're going to kind of set or, or, you know, list out, you know, some of the names to listen for, keep your ears and eyes open up for uh, the 2019 recruiting class for Georgia. Uh, dude, I mean, this is this this was the class that so many were kind of just chomping at the bit to get to. I mean, you know, it ended up 2018 ended up being maybe one of the best classes ever, but 19 with the in-state talent, 2019 was really the class that a lot of people thought Georgia could really, would make it, make a difference in the Georgia program. And it, and it very well may. I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing class of in-state talent, talent around the Southeast, talent all over the country. Georgia is a national brand has been for a while, but after this past season and now having Kirby smart at the helm, Georgia is truly a national brand that can go out and, and has a chance with any kid in the country. Um, so, you know, that that's – Georgia comes calling. I mean, the kid from uh, California just received an offer. It looked like he was on a visit, the quarterback. Um, Bo something, I can't remember his name, Bo Bray, something like that. Anyway, uh, of course, we had – Jacob Eason, we got, you know, anyway, there's kids from all over the country. There's no question about it. If Georgia comes calling, kids are going to 
listen. They're going to take note and uh, going to be very receptive to the Georgia program. Um, so that's kind of what tonight, you know, we're going to focus on tonight is, is that 2019 class and where Georgia stands with, with some of these kids who, like I said, who may be some to watch out for. There's There's all kinds of just kids from all, like I said, right in the backyard who are top five, top minimum top ten in the country, you know, right here in from the state of Georgia. So it and and they're very after this last year, they are ready to to jump on board a lot of them. So uh, let's like I said, I was soon to be joined by maybe Jason here. I got two South Alabamas. What's up here? Jason, you there? Jason, you there? I'm not in South Alabama, fool. <laughs> That's what it always says, though. That's weird. There's I don't know why it says there's that. There's two of you on uh, on here. It sounds like. Are you are you calling in on two phones or? <laughs> That's it. No, I'm actually the uh, I'm actually the Texas terrorist. <laughs> Jason said he wanted to call in. I'll call in on both phones. He wanted to call in in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um well yeah, like I said, we were off last week. You know, got to spend the old Valentine's Day with, with the the wifey and everything, so we're back. I get it I get a double every year because it's my wife's birthday too. Ah, that's right. Hope you told her happy birthday from everybody at Field Street Forum. <laughs> <coughs> it uh all right. What do you want to jump into? You want to jump into recruiting 2019 class first? Or do you want to talk about basketball? basketball. I'm going to feel <laughs> I knew you were saying that next. I'm, I'm I mean, let's, you. you know, we can start low and, and work our way up, you know? I mean. Okay, well, let's start low and work our way up there because I'm watching two teams that are just much better than us. I'm watching that on just about any channel that I've been <laughs> on. Okay, that's uh, true. I, I don't understand, man. They had maybe the best week of the season going on the road, beating Florida, coming back home and, and beating ranked Tennessee. But in typical Fox team fashion, this team cannot sustain success. And I don't we, know. We talk about the team all we want. We talk about this all we want. I think it's fabulous that we just, not a good coach for this team. He's not a good coach for us. He's not a good fit for us. Blah, 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 blah. Same old, same old. Over and over again for the past nine years. It's just not going to happen anymore with them here. I swear to you, if we use this FBI investigation as an excuse, saying we were scared to hire somebody that might be under investigation, and keep yeah. them under the year. Weird team. Oh my God. <laughs> the only thing I'm weird about. I mean, you know, we've been told and you know, of course you read a bunch of places, whatever, that, you know, it's basically done. You know, he knows you know, we hadn't officially said Fox is fired, but you know, he's done. Give him a mm-hmm. chance to resign so you can't say, you know, like Rick. 
you know, he goes, oh, no, we didn't fire him. He resigned. But everybody knows what it is. Mm. Well, he, he had almost worked his way back into being back next year. You know, if you finish out the rest of this year, you know, you beat Florida, you beat Tennessee, you should have beaten South Carolina. No. You know, I know they're I know they're a tough defensive team. It's on the road, blah blah blah. But that's a team you should be able to go in and, and win if you are a a you know tournament team. So here's my problem: Why do we even think like that? Uh, I don't know. In two NCAA appearances in nine years, okay, if right. we somehow kept winning and made it three in ten years, then we'd still lose in the first round. So 30% of the time you made it to the NCAA and you won zero times, zero tournament mm-hmm. games in two years. Right. Why do we even think like that? There should not be a chance from this point forward, from before the South Carolina game forward, from before the Florida and Tennessee game forward, from before the Florida and Tennessee game, there should not be a way that he comes back. And let yeah. he and wins and makes the, I mean, sweet sixteen. No. The I only mean, thing I anything that's the cutoff sweet sixteen. Yeah, the only thing that that I could even think of or counter to that is, you know, the momentum in recruiting. I don't know if it's still the case, but having the top, you know, recruiting class in twenty nineteen. Who cares? Uh, or, or 18. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, you Who know, cares? if, if, if they put them on the court and slow them down and <laughs> wait until there's two seconds on the clock and screw them up and not develop them like he has every other single player we've had besides my right. But that would be the only thing that I'm saying is, is, is the recruiting and if they were to play their way into the tournament, those two things I think could override and they would it would make it would give the it would give the administration the opportunity to say, Well, we're trending in the right direction, we're finally getting it right, blah, 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 blah. That that would be the argument. And but I don't see it. But I'll tell you, you I know you don't think that way. I know we're talking more of our administration. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's a big load of bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know who who the administration oh, is. <laughs> absolutely hundred and ten percent. Never, ever, ever, I don't care what sport it is. Decide the future of your coach on one recruiting class. Yeah. And if we're deciding the future of our coach on beating a not-so-good Florida team, I know mm-hmm. they're ranked 25, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're not that great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably, they might win one game in the tournament. I think they're just – I think Georgia's just a good matchup with Florida. Yeah, not, I mean, it's just a good, it's just a good matchup. But, you know, I mean, they've got one really good – Good guard, and they've got their front line. Georgia can expose with Mayton and Obede and those guys. Um, and, and same, okay, it, it, look at football. It's the same thing when we had Rick. Yes, God, we loved us in the beginning. For the past five or six years, we just weren't great. And, and it's like everybody said, it gotten stale. We were like the blah, whatever, however you want to say it. We just gotten stale. And we mm-hmm. didn't have momentum, and you know we recruited good because we're UGA, but we didn't even have a great momentum there. And I mean, God, I mean you can't say, okay, when you know, we lost to Florida that year because we started a third string, third string quarterback, which we probably mm-hmm. would have lost to play no matter which quarterback started, but 
I'm saying we can't say, oh, well, Rick beat Florida this year, so let's keep the stale stuff going on for another year or two just because we beat one team. Right. And, well, oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You can't do that. Yeah. I hate that line of thinking. Well, and one and thing to, like to look at. Some of our fans even think that way. I don't know if it's because they've been around this administration for so long, but that's a horrible yeah. line of thinking that, oh, well, we went on a roll and beat a couple of teams when Mark Fox knew his job was in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start playing ball. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Well, think about the comparison, you know, where South Carolina was, what, five years ago, four years ago. They brought in Frank Martin. As much as a lot of people don't like him, I like I like the guy. I mean, I know he's tough. He's kind of a dick, but um, – I like him better than Mark Fox. <laughs> but he's a – I, mean, a... I think before this game we were ranked ahead of him this year, but, I mean, doggone, yeah. he's had success. But look at the 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 – Evolution, the progress that that kid. Uh, oh shoot! I just had his name on my uh, Silva, Chris Silva. When he came in, that kid could barely shoot from five feet out, and he's but he was a, a tremendous athlete, obviously. And he's six nine, six eight, can jump out of the gym. But the kid was raw as a damn, you know, five dollar steak at at you know Golden Corral. And then he comes in, and now he's putting up, you know, 13, 14, 15 points a game, is tough inside. And what is crazy to me is he could barely shoot free throws last year or year before or to last year. And now he's up to like a 70, 80% free throw shooter, and he, and he goes to the damn line because he's physical inside, and he goes to the line like seven or eight times a game now. I mean, he's just – that, that development, you know. That's what Georgia. That's what Fox was supposed to bring to Georgia is the, his development of, of big men, and the, and I haven't seen it except for Mason, well, I guess. But that's what I was going to, let me let me ask you this. All right, I'm no. You probably know more about basketball than I do. I'm no basketball guru. I like watching the fun <laughs> play church league and all that. I fuck by the way. Right. I mean, you know, I never coached basketball. Never claimed. I mean, I coached church league. I mean, mm-hmm. I count for something, right? Thank you. <laughs> so, but seriously, all right. You know, basketball, you could, I guess, say is, I mean, it's always a team sport, just like football, but it can become more of an individual sport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and of course, just like any other sport, football, baseball, whatever, it depends on a lot, a lot of the players, too, and their mentality and their willingness to learn and work and all that, blah, blah, blah. All right, but it's also a coach's job to develop them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's been studies and all this that there's a certain percentage of basketball players that should just get better under your watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I've thought about it, then the study's been done. I'm not the first one to think about that. And, you know, I mean, and, and there can be circumstances with all of them. You know, he came from a bad background. You know, he's not used to being coached up good. It takes a little while, blah, 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 all the excuses. All right, but I could be willing to absolutely guarantee you that Fox is under that percentage of whatever it should be, the percentage of the players that got a lot better while they were under his watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, you can almost count on one hand 
in nine years, the amount of players that you can say, wow, they came in and just Fox just made them way better than what they would have ever been somewhere else. Right. I mean, I mean, in nine years, we, I don't even know if I'd name more than three. Yeah. That I could think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll go out on a limb, too. I know the guy gets a lot of grief from a lot of folks, but I guarantee I would be willing to bet if you switched Chris Silva and Mike Edwards, Edwards would be a double-digit score for, for Frank Martin at South Carolina. I wasn't surprised me one bit, and you could probably Cause play one of our players. Because they're very similar athletically and, and build-wise and everything. I think Silva's bigger. It's more, more muscular, but frame-wise and everything, I think they're they're very similar players and very similar athletically. It really wouldn't shock me. I, mean, I know there's no way to prove that, but I I I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if that would have been the case. Well, I mean, all right, think think about it this way. All right, now we're down on them right now. Everybody wants to fire, or pretty much everybody does. But I mean, I mean, if you honestly look at it, not being down on them, if you honestly, honestly look at it, go back. Three years. I don't care. Go back three years and say in the past six years, there's been this many players that Fox has just made better that they wouldn't have made it as far as they made it if they hadn't had Mark Fox as a head coach. Can yeah, I don't. Any? Just players. I mean, I think you got to give Frazier. Improved a lot. And, well, and no, fit. no, no. We're, we're skipping them. We're skipping them. Because right now we just want Mark Fox fired and we're just down on him and we're being human. We're just downing everything that he's done. So go back <laughs> three years and just say this is three years ago and say in the past six years, look oh, at okay. it truly and honestly, Mark Fox has, or go back two years. I don't care. Whenever people weren't talking about warning and fire, go back mm-hmm. right before that and really, truly look at it and say, in the past six years, five years, seven years, that Mark Fox has been here, so and so wouldn't have gotten to where they got out him as a head coach. Yeah, because uh, name them. What was it? Thompson and uh, Leslie were pretty much Felton guys, but they came back for their junior years, I guess. And didn't, you know, they played the one year, I guess, I think it was, under Fox, but didn't seem to prove that's difficult in one year to improve. But I don't think there was anybody else, yeah, that you could look to and say that guy made a huge, you know, huge improvement under Fox. Um, I mean, and look, okay, look at it from now and just say, you know, we're really not looking at it through I hate Mark Fox classes and want them fired. And we're really, truly looking at it from here back and saying so-and-so got a lot better and just developed and advanced and blah, blah, blah under Mark Fox. And they wouldn't have made it anywhere close to where they would have been or to where they are now without him. Mm-hmm. Name them. Yeah. It, it's difficult to do. Off, it's off J- the J.K.? I mean... Yeah, J. I mean, 
JJ and Bruce. You can, uh, you you can JJ that. and you could probably give him Maiden. So I mean, JJ and Maiden. But I think, you know, Maiden had a lot to to offer to begin with. You know? Well, yeah, and I mean, and it's and it's easy to say that about any coach. Well, you know, so and so was already started to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know football too. I mean, you know, you could say that about Mark Rick and Kirby Smart with Chubb and Sony. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say that about Kirby Smart with any defensive player he had at Alabama. Well, he was a five star when he came in, but I mean, you still develop those guys. Right. Well, I mean, you look where they got drafted, or look, you know, where they are now right. compared to where they were projected to be. And I mean, where where's the guys that got drafted that wouldn't have got drafted that high if they didn't have Mark Fox as a coach? And I don't think KCP really. He was a really good player, but I don't think he should have been the kind of guy that made for must see. You know, oh my God, Georgia's got this kid. Contavious Caldwell Pope, you know we need to we need to get them on TV. Kind of like you know, not exactly we were, like we were borderline know. average with him, right? I don't I don't think we made the tournament with him in Georgia oh, in Athens, right. and he was a first round first round draft pick. I mean, Besides yeah. not being investigated by the FBI, please show me in the past nine years what he has done to prove that he's worth anything close to what he's getting paid and coaching out of D1 school. Right. It's tough, man. Um, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be truthful. Right. Well, it's just an honest it, question, obviously. I mean, it really is. say the same thing about Rick. You couldn't sit there and say when Mark Rick got fired or, you know, you can't sit there and say, well, what has Mark Rick ever done for us? Right. I mean, by all accounts, everybody still loves the man to death. I love the man to death. I thought it was time right. for him to go, but I still love him to death. Oh, and I think, but, the best, I think he's one of the best men to ever coach college football. Right. But, and I mean, it's early. Like said, things have gotten stale, but, I mean, you can name player after player that he developed that became better because of him and his coaching mm-hmm. staff. And, I mean, you can name players that go back to him. Ten years later, and ask, you know, I mean, and even well, then, he the the first ten years of his you know career, he had Georgia close to you know national championship level play, SEC two SEC championships. You know, I mean, it's just yeah, I mean, he he, he earned he earned his, his reputation. You know, whereas Fox hasn't won a. a, a a tournament game yet in in ten ye- almost ten years now. I mean, you you can legitimately say, you know, you can legitimately sit here and say Mark Rick made us better. Right. I mean, you the, you know, even though we had the past few years we weren't great, but you can I mean, you can legitimately say he made us better. Thank you. It's just time, you know, for you to go and to find somebody new so we can try to get even higher. I mean, that's all that was. It wasn't like, we've always sucked under you. You've never done anything great for us, blah, blah, blah. Some people like to talk it down that way, but it just isn't. I mean, I think mean, about it. If, if, if Rick had... Say Mark Rick made us better. Yeah, yeah. if Rick, in nine years, his first nine years in Athens, did not win an, win an SEC championship... <laughs> 
would he have lasted another six years or you know five years, however long it was? Well, I mean, I, don't, and, don't, and, uh, I really don't think he would have. I understand there's more players on the football team. So there is basketball. So look at the percentages. And I mean, part of it's recruiting, part of it's coaching. Look at the percentage of Martin Rick's players that have been drafted into the NFL or yeah, NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Look at the percentage of Mark Fox's players that have been drafted into the NBA. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, I'm sure you could come up with an algorithm with you know. Well, the NFL has so many teams and so many rounds, and college has so many players, and you know NBA has only two rounds and only so many players. So I mean, they have to, you know, he had to come up with some kind of algorithm and make it not quite as simple as that. But I mean, God, it's painfully obvious. Look at the amount of players we had going yeah. to the NFL under Mark Rick. But even in college basketball, don't you think you don't have to have NBA level players to be successful in college basketball more so than than college football. I think you know. Oh, what I'm yeah, saying? I mean not in college, but I mean it's just okay. We count okay count the NBA, the NBA developmental league, and you can even count Europe if you want to. I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. We still talk. <laughs> it's rough. I mean, the biggest thing is absolutely no way that. Twist it or turn it. There, I mean, there just isn't a way. The only thing he has working for him is he hasn't been investigated by the FBI. Right. That's it. I mean, there, there aren't a bunch of games that we shouldn't have won that we won. There isn't that one championship that we can say, well, you know, he took us there one time. Maybe he could do it again. I mean. Mm-hmm. But this was just classic Fox. A classic Fox team and how they played. They get on a, you know, start out the season pretty well. They're nine and two. Sometimes they don't do that, but either way, you get in a well, position where you start. Pansies. Huh? Well, you start off playing a bunch of pansies. Yeah. Everybody well, no, I mean, like the Marquette win was good. St. Mary's win was good. Things like they were in position, and they usually get in position around January to where they're in. In the talk, they're in the conversation of being a tournament team, and then they okay, always great. seem to go into this lull. Hold on, let me. Hold on, hold on, hold they on, go into this lull, and they lost those three games to Vanderbilt, who was eleven and fifteen or whatever they are. They lost to South Carolina, and they lost to Arkansas. Or no, in the Auburn game too. Don't get forget that the Auburn and Arkansas. They were up by sixteen points in those games, and they managed to lose them. Hold on, though. Yeah. Before you go any further, let me tell you what I did at the beginning of the season because I knew everybody would be having this conversation. When we were 9-2 and two or whatever it was, I can't mm-hmm. remember what the record yeah, was. Yeah, I think that's right. It may have been 10-2 and two even, but when we were there, I looked specifically at SEC. I looked at more, but let's just talk SEC. When I looked and we were 9-2, and two, there were... I believe 10 or 11 out of the 14 SEC teams that were at least 9 and 2 or 8 and 3. Mm-hmm. Everybody was. Yeah. But there's been times, the season before, where they weren't even, there would be 8 and 5 or whatever, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, 
But anyway, they, they, they play, they get to the point where they're in the conversation and then they have those lulls. It's almost like in games even. It's kind of like the, the season and the, and, the, and the games become a microcosm of the season because they start out well sometimes and then they go into these lengthy lulls of just not even scoring for five, six minutes at a time. And then they'll win a couple of games, jump back in and conversate. And it's enough to make other coaches and, and the and a lot of the analysts say, Boy, that Mark Fox, he keeps Georgia in the hunt every year, doesn't he? They're tough a tough team to play every year. Or the every week. What? <laughs> because they yeah, run their offense. I heard him actually say tonight. They they run their offense so well. And they're just tough-minded defense. Okay, I can give you that. But the offensive part, there's no way anybody could say they run a smooth and, and legitimate offense, a well-executed offense. But then okay, they come okay, – whenever you, you think they have success, they're poised for success. They have a game like tonight where they lose to a team that's, you know, a tough team defensively, but it's a team that's lost, what, 12 games, 13 games this year. It's not a game that you should not really – you should be down by double figures most of the game. Here's a compliment of the podcast for him. Hey, he probably, I would say, probably makes most of these guys better defenders. There you go. Yeah. Say that again. But his offense, he probably makes his players better defenders. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't say he specifically makes them better rebounders. He definitely, nowhere in Hell makes them better scores. No. And they obviously aren't learning to run this horrible offense that he's running. Man. I mean, that's what I mean. He, may, he makes guys better defenders, and they all usually have a team that plays tough, and he wasn't investigated by the FBI. And mm-hmm. that's what it's come to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but even tonight, I saw several plays, rebound, offensive or defensive, that were in the hands of Georgia players. And guess what? South Carolina out-toughed them, and, and they would snatch the ball away from the Georgia players, basically. And I even posted on Twitter, I said, I know it was about football, and I know it was Kirby Smart, but composure and physicality. And, good God, Jason, did, I know – South Carolina would show a, a just a little bit of, of 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 a press, and we would be throwing the damn ball all over the damn court tonight. We had what, at least fourteen turnovers that they were talking about that I just couldn't even list them. But it was like just throwing the ball away. I mean, I think I saw it towards the end of the game. Georgia was shooting forty something percent to South Carolina's twenty eight or twenty nine percent, and they were down by six points, and they right. scored like whatever, 40, 50 points or whatever. I mean, it's just ridiculous, man. To, to, All right, to, my blood, my blood pressure is now boiling. Say what? My blood pressure is now boiling. <laughs> Spent too much time on a good podcast on this bullshit. <laughs> so let's end it with the perfect comparison, right? Mark Fox is the Brian Schottenheimer of UGA <laughs> basketball. As in, his offense was so complicated that he had them, that he has them thinking too much. 
Sometimes yeah. you just got to let the guys play. Let them play. It's called a football game for a reason. Called a basketball game for a reason. Sometimes step back, let the guys play. And I mean, yeah. and if you're not willing to change, which which that's one thing I like about really George's whole football staff and probably smart set about when he first came in, changing according to his players. You know, mm-hmm. they mentioned it. They mentioned it on defense. We're going to run a defense according to who we have. If you're not willing to do that and you, you're making every single player that comes in change their playing style to fit your offense, you can just give it up, throw it, just throw it away. You can, I mean, you can have it. If you're that stubborn, you can yeah. get the hell on. The only way you can really recruit the players to fit your your style of play, if you're basketball, it's if you're just strictly 40 minutes of hell like Arkansas, and just get athletes, 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 and then just try to out, you know, outlast everybody, you know, just wear down everybody. I can see that, but that's not what we're doing. And then the only okay. other way in football is if you're like, if you're like, uh, Georgia Tech with uh, Paul Johnson and running, you know, the triple option. If that's what you want to be, fine. Think but that's not necessarily. <clears throat> Besides your, like, Wheeler, Wheeler probably even does this. I haven't specifically sat down and just watched him play. But I've been around high school basketball long enough to know that there aren't a lot of great high school basketball coaches around. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what high school basketball is is you're just out athleting the other exactly. team. Exactly. And, Get you can't bring in players like that that have never been coached up and expect them to come in and run the type of offense that he wants to run when they've never. Some of them, I guarantee you, have never really run a real offense. To be honest. Mm-hmm. What, uh, pass and screen opposite probably is about maybe as complicated as it gets. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, besides, like, these AAU players, are all of them are going somewhere else anyway. Right. I mean, you and, either have to recruit the players that have done it before and out-recruit, you know, the Blue Bloods for them, or you have to, you have to do something else. You can't come in and say, this is the offense we're going to run. We're going to do it my way, and you're going to sit the bench until you can run it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Alan, look at Crump. Right. If he has more time until he's a senior, until his senior year is over, his career is going to be ruined because of it. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this. I, I think Fox, if and when he gets another job, I know he'll get another job because he was still successful percentage-wise here at Georgia. But he could go to a school, you know, a, a mid-major where the kids stay four years, and he'll probably be one of those schools that comes in and, and does really well because he did it at Nevada. I mean, not that they're a – they're maybe even a little bit better than a mid-major, but, you know, I can picture him going to a school where the, where the kids aren't going to be leaving early for the NBA. They could learn that offense so well that they know it. You know, like J.J. Frazier and Mayton last year and this year as experienced players that know the offense. That's when his 
teams, you know, usually have a, a better chance to, to succeed. And, but until that point, it's a struggle. I mean, you see the guards who were quality guards, you know. Turtle was was a either a high three or four star who was recruited by UConn at the time who was coming off a national title. You know, Crump was a was a was a four star. Jordan Harris was a um very I think he was a four star too, wasn't he? Or maybe a three star. Oh, you're carried more dudes, nine thirty six. Let's talk <laughs> Olympic curling. Jesus Christ. Right. But real quick, I'd uh We'll bring in Blue. I see Blue's on the line here. Bring him in in just a minute. Uh, if you're Georgia athletic director, what direction do you go specifically? Uh, hire, not, not just not say anybody. <laughs> hire Russia's Olympic curling coach. <laughs> For real, I I really think I would ask. Probably wouldn't, but I think if if you wanted to go somewhere, I would ask. Jeff Van Gundy, because I think he's in. He lives in Atlanta now, but if he wanted to get back in, I'd, I'd make him a big offer, see what he wants to do, if he wants to get into it, because he's always been real. I mean, I think his daughter goes to Georgia, but he's always been real complimentary of Georgia and, and Athens and everything. So, I'd I'd make him make him think think a hell of a lot about it. If you want the truth of it, if you want to go that route, you see Alabama's had good success. You know, bringing in a, an NBA guy, former NBA guy. And uh, Avery Johnson, I'd I'd give Van Gundy a call just to test the waters. You know, you're probably not going to get him, but I, I would I would at least ask. You know, and then I would I would still consider uh, Jonas Hayes. I think that's a, a possibility, even though he's never been a head coach before. That's the only problem. But um, I don't know who you could bring in to really get it turned around. But I think I don't know. Do you think Van Gundy has a big enough name now? I mean, I know he's on TV every, you know, two, three times a week now. So I think the players would know him. The kids would know him around the country. I don't know. That's always always been a name that I kind of thought, because he has been pretty pro-UGA from tweets and and talk that he does when when he's around. I would would give him a a call and see what's up. Hell, I mean, couldn't hurt anything, man. Let's see, Blue Dog, what's up? Day, I'm just listening to you all slaughter the coach. Fire him so we don't have to hear it no more. <laughs> that's, wow, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus Christ, get it done tonight. Let's finish it with Jonas and get this shit over with. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, but do you, I mean, is there anybody that comes to mind immediately other than Jonas or anybody you would give a shot? I I give it to you before I give it to him. You're gone. <laughs> I think I could do a hell of a job. <laughs> you got uh got a big time uh, running back visiting this weekend. Yeah, let's uh let's jump into 2019. Were you saying Agree that? I think, so yeah, I didn't even try to transition it. I was just like, you know, I'm done. <laughs> we got a running back visiting. Did you say there was a it was a big weekend this weekend? Yeah, there's good. There's good bit of guys, dude. I tell you what, uh, one thing interesting is uh, old Seabass posted uh, a picture of that uh, Rambo Hunter. I don't even know. I can't even remember dude's real name just because it's 
his his Twitter is Rambo Hunter too. Rambo is his nickname. But he's a defensive end from uh, South Florida. Der- Derek Hunter. Yeah, Derek. That's it. Dude, that, I'm calling him Rambo. I was about to say that's that's fantastic right there. You gotta you gotta bring him aboard. Yeah, posted a old Seabass posted a picture where he's got his Twitter is committed to ATD, which is you know of course that the day with the right. dog beside it. So and then we got what uh, old Will Phone two four seven the main recruiting guy put in his pick for him. You know he talked to him or whatever. So he put his crystal ball pick for him to Georgia, and you know of course people are going to follow. So. So I, th- I think I think I think he might might be on commit watch there. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, him and uh, I'd be on the lookout for that old that big white kid from Tennessee, Norton, the big defensive end. Actually, I think oh. I think uh, Hunter Hunter's already like Rambo's like already six four, like two eighty, so he may end up playing more inside. And mm-hmm. then old uh, Norton, the big white kid from Tennessee, he's he's already a big old boy too. And uh, that he's visiting the first weekend in March, and so I'd I'd look for him. I'd look for him then too to, to yeah. maybe jump on board. I don't know if y'all do you watch Stranger Things? No, no. Oh man. Well, some folks will get my <laughs> reference, but. Bill Norton, he looks like a giant Steve from from Stranger Things. <laughs> Steve is like this little little guy from, you know, he's a senior in high school or whatever, but he, he's still small. He's the guy from, uh, I don't know if you remember the Domino's commercials where he copies the Ferris Bueller thing. Do you all remember that commercial? No. That guy. But anyway, Bill Norton looks like a giant version of Steve from Stranger Things. So. <laughs> I'm just like, give it up, Dre. We don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> maybe maybe the listeners know, and they're laughing with you. <laughs> but me and Blue are out. They are, they are. Um, anyway. <laughs> but, hey, that, uh, dude has, that dude has a motor, though, for real. Yeah. And how happy will uh, Knoxville be if, if we get a commitment from – one of the top five players in the state of Tennessee <laughs> to go along with last year's haul. Man, I'm I'm telling you, with this staff recruiting, I'm I'm not doubting anything Mm-mm. ever Mm-mm. again. Yeah, I see. Uh, Hunter's yeah, he's already 280 listed on. Uh, yeah, yeah. But on the site, so probably, probably he could get up to 300, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And then, of course, uh, I will not doubt this staff recruiting again. I mean, no. we're not going to always win everybody. And, I mean, you hear stuff and you hear ahead of time, hey, watch out for the signing day. And, of course, you know, I started the whole we getting everybody thing. And I was, <laughs> you know, joking around trying to make it funny, but I'm serious about it, too, because I'd heard some stuff. But, I mean, you don't ever go in thinking, okay, we're going to, you know, Basically, sign everybody we were asking. Literally, sign everybody on your target list. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, you flip Walker, you flip Reese, you sign Bush, and and you get the two guys that were already committed, and they're like, how are we going to take all these guys? And then that's after the early signing period where you got everybody to sign early. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just killing it. So I will not doubt them on 2019, kids. No, I will yeah. not doubt them on one of them. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier, too, is how everybody was really chomping at the bit to get to this 2019 class because of the the talent in this class. I mean, and oh, by the way, they just happened to get the number one class in 2018. So, I mean, you really got to look at things going on. And the way it started, uh, already three five-stars listed and, and four four-stars, Hazelwood, Nolan Smith, Dominic Blaylock, the number one and number two receivers in the country, by the way, uh, Jalen Perry, Rylan Goad, J.D. Bertrand and Luke Griffin all committed so far for 2019. Uh, and then who's the uh, running back coming in this weekend? Kane. He's a number three kid. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Noah Kane, number three running back of the nation. Is he the one? Is that Lynn Kane's son, the former Falcon? Do I know? Is that Lynn Kane's son, the former Atlanta Falcon? I don't have a clue. I don't think so. It's, oh, okay. I think this kid was originally from Texas. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I think he's at IMG now. No, but I, I'll tell you this. The the reason I was saying that about not doubting these coaches and recruiting, that's one reason that I think we're one of the only ones that keeps still keeps talking about Chris Hinton possibly ended up here. That's yeah. actually still a chance. And anything else I've seen anywhere, they're like, we're not getting hit and don't even talk about it. But yeah, that, that uh, just the coaches <clears throat> getting what they want. And, you know, of course, we know 34 dogs close with the Hintons and, you know, because mainly because of basketball, but he's friends with them. And so, mm-hmm. and, and him talking about it are, are the two reasons that we keep talking about, you know, don't discount hitting. I wouldn't yeah. just totally, I mean, you know, there's obviously work to do and some things that have to happen, but I wouldn't just totally discount him and say, oh, no, he's committed to Michigan, he's not coming. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting with the whole recruiting process to me is is absolutely loaded in, the, in our two youngest classes. On the offensive line, you still have top offensive linemen that are like, yeah, I want to go take a visit to Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, some folks, you know, it's a way you got playing time to offer. You got this, you got that. And that's all true. But when this thing starts to fill up and these kids still want to come, I mean, that's a, that's a paradigm shift or whatever the, whatever the business acumen is. They, that's just cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what, ba- that's what Bama does, does and did for a decade. Hey, we're loaded with five stars and more people wanting to come. Right. That's that's a different level. A couple well, other it, kids. It goes to show you that, number one, kids want to go to a winning program. They want to be noticed nationally. And number two, they don't mind sitting for a year or two for a winning team and playing for coaches that they know are going to develop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm tough, proving that tough. over and over again. These top-tier kids, you hear how great they are for four years, you know, from eighth grade to their senior year in high school. They, they can come in and unseat somebody, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And oh, they yeah. know well, I mean, like, like, look at it right now. Okay, we have next year, very likely, you're going to have high four-star Andrew Thomas starting at left tackle. 
You're going to have five star Sawyer fighting for a guard spot, high four star Hill fighting for a guard spot, five star Cleveland, you know, trying to keep the right guard spot, five star Isaiah Wilson, and five star May fighting for the right tackle spot. And you have all that, but then you have the number two offensive tackle in the nation for Michigan, Devontae Dobbs, interested in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think Harbaugh's going to stick. No. Well, that that was actually going to be my third reason is you know these you know these NFL coaches. I you know I'm mean, it would be hard for me to go from the NFL to twenty four seven recruiting unless mm-hmm. you just love it, and I don't know if Harbaugh loves it. I don't know if he loves it, but I think he truly loves Michigan. Oh, mm-hmm. I do too. I do too. And and recruiting's part of it. I don't think he minds it. He knew what he was getting into. It wasn't a surprise. I just don't think the guy can stay anywhere longer than five years before he starts chapping everybody's ass. I think he thought too that he's him coming back to Michigan. He was just going to be able to, you know, show, if he showed up somewhere. That's why he was making so many, you know, appearances, getting in the public eye all the time. You know, he was kind of the one that spurred the, those satellite camps that were going on. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he and thought if he just showed up with the Michigan, you know, maize and blue, all the kids were lining up behind, you know, ready to, to to sign on board. And to some point they did, but for the most part, they're waiting and seeing, waiting and seeing what happens, you know? Well, he's had, he had a couple of really good classes. He just hasn't produced right. on the field. And, uh, you know, all that quirkiness, that's all cool, and everybody loves it when it works. But when you're acting like an idiot, and you're eight and five or whatever the hell he was, and you lose to the Gamecocks in the bowl, and your in-state rival and your main rival a couple of years in a row, pretty soon, instead of that being fun and cutting edge, you just look like a weirdo. Right. I was and I think the kids are kind of they're worried about beating Ohio State or Michigan State before anybody's lining up. Yeah, and he's climbing trees and crawling into bed with kids, and it was like, oh, what a dynamic career! But then when you're not winning, then you just you're an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, and and I mean, not on that same level called Kirby Smart, obviously one of the best, if not the best recruiter in the nation. But even a lot of us were saying his first year. You know, he was coming out and kind of trying to run press conferences like Saban and kind of be an ass a little bit. And it's like, uh, you better calm that down a little bit, Kirby. You better start winning some ball games where you could just come in and do that like Saban does. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with Harbaugh. It's like, you better come in and uh, you better win some games before you uh, do all that crazy stuff. <laughs> um, real quick, how do you, how do you see – how many O linemen do you see signing three? No, maybe I would think three because I don't think you take any filler. Right. You take yeah, you, you find yeah. you find three guys that got a shot at competing and you know, you take more if they show, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't I can't see them taking more than three. They're they're really loaded. They not might need a little just a hair spread. I mean outside of the center one. you got you got everybody else for a few more years. Yeah, you got Griffin already committed. I guess uh, Harry Miller is probably a pretty 
significant prospect to add. I think uh, the Clay Webb kid out of Alabama. He's uh, the he's the he's the kid, the one kid so far they've talked about that I think would be the last one to come and recruit that who's there now would get recruited over even Erickson. Mm-hmm. That if they then, took uh, Webb. Right. Oh, Webb, then, Webb's I don't think you're going to recruit over Sawyer, and I don't think you're going to recruit over, you know, any of the tackles. The last three tackles, we've four tackles we've taken, but our center huh. still. And unless you're local. counting Sawyer or Hill as a center, then then yeah. the points moot. But here locally, you got a, a Georgia a Georgia legacy, and uh, granted, it was his uncle that went, but uh, you know McClendon Jr. down here at Brunswick High. It seems like he and really. I haven't watched him. I mean, he gets a lot of talk. I mean, I'm sure he's good. I, I just I've never watched him. Yeah. Same. You take a look. Watch, watch out! Watch out for McClendon too. We, we've turned the heat up on him lately. Yeah. I'll say this. Even last year, not. I mean, well, let me put it this way: class of seventeen. You know. When Demery and you had Demery and McClendon at, at tackles, McClendon as a sophomore was the best offensive lineman on the field. I mean, Demery was was big and strong, and, and but he was he was raw and he didn't really follow through on blocks as very well. But the potential was there. McClendon's much more polished and, and just as dynamic as as uh, Demery was, in my opinion, for whatever that's worth. But uh, I, I really like the kid. I think you know, I think our top targets on the offensive line, like top top targets, are going to be Harry Miller and Clay Webb. I think, mm-hmm. I think we got to beat out Ohio State for Miller, maybe even Stanford, but especially Ohio State. I watched mm-hmm. this. I watched that wrestling that you put up of him, and then that made me go look for some more. Oh my God. Oh, Webb's nasty. I don't Jesus. think I don't think he's he may not be quite as athletic as Sawyer. I think everybody knows how Sawyer I am. But I mean, if you, you like Sawyer, right, <laughs> Yeah, if you could pick one that you put right up there with Sawyer, I think it would be Webb. Huh. I think I'd even put him above Trey Hill. He's uh, Webb's definitely an inside guy, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna be he's he's gonna be somebody's center. Okay, okay. And and if they already have a starting center, you know, he might start off a guard, but I don't think mm-hmm. he'll be there long. He's gonna be somebody's starting center. Right. He looks like Mike Webster. Are any of you old enough to remember him? Yeah, yeah. I know. Terry Bradshaw's center, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> But I, I do. I think uh, I think Harry Miller is going to be the top the top target. I think Webb is, and then uh, and you know they got to look at Wanye Morris. You know, obviously uh, McClendon, Warren McClendon, and then I mean you take three out of that group unless like somebody like Dobbs wants to come or unless you already have three and Webb wants to pull the trigger after that, I think y'all are right with the three. Because I think the year after that, you go get another strong five. 
Isn't that, yeah, one, yeah. The sec- isn't that one the second Hinton's ready? Yeah, the younger Hinton's the old one, right? The old tackle, yeah. I think it's. Gonna I don't be, know how. <laughs> I think it's going to be harder to get many many guards to sign up after uh, Nectorian, Schaefer, and Sawyer and Hill in Cleveland, and you know, the, we only lose one. I mean, assuming nobody gets hurt, but we only lose one next year. Two, you lose the center, and you lose Baker. Uh, Baker, yeah. But there's guys um, chomping at the bit to replace them, so the line's kind of set for a while. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's there's also it's a oh I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's Diavi D E Y A D E Y A V I E Hammond. He's listed as a guard, plays for IMG. He was actually committed to Alabama and. Uh, decommitted and Georgia was one, if not the team after Alabama so he might even be one to watch out for huh. How about uh, think, do you, do you think one to I'm, not watch out for is uh, I think I think and I mean his rankings even dropped a ton and I, I think we cooled on Keandre Jones big time yeah I was just about to say, I think you heard that, you know, Georgia and Keandre last, about this time last year, that they were, you know, it seemed like it was real strong and, you know, possibility of there being a something there. But like you said, I think Georgia cooled on him, and I think he kind of looked at that depth chart too and really, and that was before this, this past class. I think we cooled on a big time, big time. There was twice, yeah. I know, of last year where somebody told me one was from Georgia, one was from a recruiting guy, was like, get ready for Keandre, he's about to come into Georgia. But I mm-hmm. know of twice, and I didn't ask after what happened. But, I mean, I'm assuming either we told him no or he just decided to wait. So I think I think we were really, really cool on him. Changing the subject slightly, my second favorite position, which we – Openly say we won't get a scholarship to. Depending on how many we can take next year, and since we're going to go light in the line, do you think we'll ultimately offer a fullback a scholarship? You know, offer one every four years or something. Well, but I don't know. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know. I wish, you know, it's obviously been vitally important before, but I think they feel like they can find it either through a walk-on or, or slide somebody over from another position, maybe. I don't know. I would just think next year is going to be the year that you can load up on a couple of positions. I mean, obviously, we're going to get some receivers. We're going to be able to see D linemen, um, a couple other defensive-type folks. But if you look, they've really balanced out the roster the last two years. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of young depth, but there was a year to take an unusual position, you know, uh, Obviously, you don't go get a scholarship kicker every year, you know, every right. few years. I was wondering if, you know, it would be the one kind of an opportune time to go get a fullback. Yeah. I, hey, was, Jason, hoping, I, I was hoping uh, McBride might get a shot at it. I don't think he is. I saw him, and while he looks a lot more muscular, he doesn't look 
like he's getting sick. He's looking, I mean, not bad. He almost looks like they're getting ready to make him defensive back. Yeah, more athletic. With the, with the fullback, I think what we're going to see more of instead of that traditional big, you know, 5'11", 235-pound just hammer. I think with the offense that they're trying to run, I think you're going to see more tight ends line up back there as like a H-back type. H, yeah, H-back, so just put some. Um, hey, Jason, talking about offensive with, linemen. Uh, we did that with Warner, with Warner some. Mm-hmm. Or throw one of the extra offensive linemen back there sometime. Um, well, speaking of, of yeah. linemen, Jake, and there was a lot of talk about this kid too with, uh, with Wanya Morris. Where does – where does he stand, him and Georgia stand? You know, he was, what, committed to Florida State and then, you know, obviously decommitted. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's taking his – he's fine with Georgia. He's taking his visits. He could have to worry about anybody and probably beat Tennessee, to be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of – there's a lot of – I mean, not from anybody that I go, oh, wow, I hate that he said that. But a lot of folks are saying that he's looking at Tennessee. Hmm. He has good length, I think, you know, long arms, skinny ankles, all of that stuff. Right. Yeah, but Wanya Morris didn't start for Georgia until he's maybe a junior at best. I just don't think, I just think there's too many good guys ahead of him. Yeah. In the next next couple of years, too many guys will come in. I just, there's not going to be much room at that position. And I can't believe you're hearing me say that. but. <laughs> And, you know, uh, honestly, I mean, I, I like him. And, I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm really high on him. And I think, obviously, a lot of people are for obvious reasons. I mean, he's the number 40 prospect in the nation. But if you look at the type of guys that we've been bringing in, and then you look at Morris at 6'5", 268 pounds is what he's listed at. You know, I, I, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's obvious we're, we've been after a different type of uh Six foot seven, three hundred thirty pound offensive tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like tight ends. You know, we're getting we're getting this guy this in this in nineteen. We're already loaded. You know, if you go out and get another five star tight end, that's fantastic. I mean, you can't play five five tight. You can't play five tight ends at once. Mm-hmm. So I mean, sooner I or later, you just got to bring cut it. Well, they might, but they're going to lose a couple. But this class, you know, to go out and get a, get another one wouldn't make a whole lot of sense when you can use it on something. That's what I'm saying. If you go down and look at how many people we need at each position, I don't see anywhere where we're, you know, if you include the verbals, I don't see where we're weak. No. I don't see a must-fill a must position anywhere on a team except I get worried about the defensive line. Yeah, I mean that's really it. There's talent. There's young talent everywhere else. I I tell you what, those of you that have the uh, subscription to two four seven, if you look at the visit list that Rusty posted, I mean, godly, half the list of visiting this weekend are due to the linemen. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I think it's obvious where the where the focus is. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. Some of those tar I mean, I know Trayvon Walker's gotten a little bit of talk on on our board. 
Trayvon Walker, man, I'm telling you. That yeah. dude, I would put him as a, honestly, as a must-get over Earl and Papo, to be honest. Yeah. Not that I have anything against Papo at all, because, I mean, doggone, if there's anybody that you want to try to bring in and say, hey, I think we can make you at least close to what Roquan was, it's so with Papo, but, man, Trayvon mm-hmm. Walker's nasty. Yeah. If there's one that you could say, hey, I think you can come in and be what Trent Thompson was and what we wanted Trent Thompson to be, I think that's Walker. We need we need a gigantic space eating. I mean, this technique that we just need a good old fashioned three hundred and sixty pound nose tack. <laughs> Yeah, somebody to grab a guard in the center and just eat them. Yeah, you know we could have, we could have, we could have got it last year with the big boy that uh, kept with Florida State. No, oh, uh, Cooper. I mean, we just just need that big old fire plug. Just nobody's gonna move me. I'm just gonna collapse the pocket and not make a tackle and let everybody else do it. I'll tell you this, and I know people get tired of Alabama comparisons, but, I mean, until they lose, you know, you want to compare yourself to the best and get better than them. But there was a couple of times that big old boy even threw, you know, of course it has to do with leverage, too, so it had a lot to do with that. But there was a couple of times that big old boy threw Ben Cleveland around. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to feed well, because a lot of whatever they're giving him. And I think I think the guards I think screwed up a couple times and left Calliard by himself and weren't, weren't supposed to. Ooh. I mean, that's, that's, everybody's busting on our center. And I'm like, there's NFL centers that can't even play that by himself. Yeah, and you'll see that next year. That guy's motivated and he's wound up. You're not you're not moving him when when you one center. Uh, now, you, are you talking defensive linemen, Dre, like inside defensive linemen or defensive ends, too? Uh, well, probably inside is the biggest need, but. Yeah, the interior DL is critical next year. I mean, we can you, play next year, but the year after that, you know, you're, you better have somebody that's cut their teeth, ready to go. Mm-hmm. You got something on on a defensive end to watch out for? No, I mean, I was just I was just looking at him. I mean, you got a guy like we like we talked about, uh, dang old Rambo. Yeah, I mean, you got the number one kid in the country already in 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 the house in Nolan Smith. Yeah, yeah, but you know he's gonna be that defensive end type. You're talking guys that. We're gonna, you know, play more inside or more like the lead better role. Yeah, no, yeah, I've been like, look at, uh, you gotta look at Derek Connor. I think we, I think we leave for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're this is gonna be another year where we're turning people away, dude. Right. So you got a guy like Colby Wooden. I, I almost be willing to bet you. That if Kirby Smart called him tonight and said we need you to commit right now, he would probably do it. Mm-hmm. And you got a guy like that that we may have to turn away. 
Or not well, two, turn away, but just not recruit us hard. Right. Well, and two, we had Cheney committed, and a lot of people are saying that Georgia is recruiting over him right now, and he's a four star. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't think you'll see him back in the class. But I mean, then you got like you know we talked about Bill Norton. He's six six two seventy. So I mean, mm-hmm. then um. More than that, led better role. I mean, you know, like Nathan Pickering, he's six five, two seventy, number fifty player in the nation. I mean, you got Zach Pickens, which we may leave for him. He's six he's five, South, South Carolina kid. Yeah, that's a South Carolina kid. But uh, oh, your boy that came from Grayson. Dang, what's his name on coaching Grayson? Camden County, Grayson? The coach? Oh, uh... Oh, hell. She wouldn't have asked me. I kind of not freaking remember his name. Anyway, he's up there at TL Center now. He's where? He's up there at TL Center where, uh... Oh, uh... Radio school. That's that's uh that's basically at Clemson. Yeah. I mean, you get a TJ Hanna, you're gonna get a Clemson. Hey, Pickens may not. I don't know. And then in that Aaron. better role, you know, Chris Chris Hinton's right there too, six four two sixty five. Yeah. I gave up on TJ Hanna when we lost Bullware, even though you had a brother there. I mean. That's when I just said, well, don't get your hopes up for that. If you've ever been to that high school, it's Clemson crazy. Jeff Heron, uh, Jason. Yeah. He's up at Hannah now, huh? Yep, yep, yep. Um, oh, I, even, I even skipped over your boy. He's 6'5", 260. So, I mean, if, if you're looking at it, that's one. Hinton, Pickering, Pickering, three. Mm-hmm. The boy before Norton five, Derek Hunter six. That's six guys right there that you're recruiting for that Ledbetter role, and we probably have one spot for that, and you're recruiting mm-hmm. maybe two, probably two, two spots for that, and you're recruiting six guys for it. Right. So I mean, I mean and- that's just. Just the way these guys roll, man. I mean, and basically, it's what five of the top six in the country. Do <laughs> what? Uh, that's it. It's basically you're choosing, look, trying to recruit from five or six of the be- of the top in the country. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, and you know, of course, some of those aren't going to want to come. They're just pick somebody else. Right. So I mean, you have two spots. You recruit six, three or four want to come, and you pick the two you want. Right. So just some, just somebody that, just somebody that can get the job done. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, you can have two four-star kickers. Yeah, easy, one at a time. Go ahead, Jason. I was just saying that's that's how these guys do it, and that's how you get a number one recruiting class. Right. What was it? What were you saying, Blue? No, I was just you know when we look at these guys and. A lot of it's just about finding a guy that can get the job done. 
you can have a five-star kicker that hits nine out of ten kicks, and you can have a four-star kicker that hits nine out of ten kicks. You right. just need somebody to do that job. So if somebody's ranked a hair higher than somebody else, and you don't get them, but you get an adequate guy that fills the role and is going to be able to do what you need him to do so your defense works, you're good. Right. I mean. How about this? What about the the running back class? For 19, you mentioned Kane already. There's been some some talk with Trey Sanders in Georgia being, you know, talking a good bit. Uh, I know we all like the Crouch kid out of North Carolina. I think I tell you uh, what, on Crouch, I think they may even want to reclassify him to linebacker. And I'm oh, not really? doing the whole Derrick Henry route. I think he's too big to play running back. I think he wants <laughs> to play linebacker more. Oh, uh, okay. And and I think I can't remember. I think it was Kip who was saying it, and uh, and I think he's right. I think they had a recruiting chat or something. But I think he's right. I think the best way to recruit Crouch is recruit him as a linebacker with um, goal line plays and stuff like that as a you know running back recruiting mm-hmm. him with his main position as linebacker, but then we'll give you some carries. How about this, though? Trey Sanders and uh, Kane are both at IMG. <laughs> it's like the top two running backs in the country are in the same backfield, man. Oh, that's ridiculous, man. Crazy. That is so crazy. Noah Kane. I keep just calling him the Kane kid, but uh, – you know what, though? All these big names are out there, and, you know, you may be able to pull a Trey Sanders. He might go to Florida State. He might go back to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Noah King kind of might go back to Texas, kind of the Isaac Nauta route, leave home to go down to IMG, but then go back. Right. I mean, you got you got all these big names, but then it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we pulled somebody like Samson Jones, who we just offered. Seems like he's already picked one two ten. He's from Indiana. We just offered him. It wasn't surprising one bit to pull a guy like that. Right. And then I think we're going to have to try to bring in a quarterback. We've got some hot first-style guy. That like I said, I know the, the kid from California. Ryan Helensky is who we just offered. I don't know anything about him. Did you guys? No, I, I've forgotten that he was even coming into town. He was in. He was on campus today. Hmm. And then I know I've heard the about the Gunnel kid out of Texas. Yeah, he, he's getting and, a lot uh, of to uh, Oklahoma State right now. He, okay. he committed from Texas A and M. He's getting a lot of picks from Oklahoma State right now. And then uh, is Johnson 19 or 20? Who? Brad Johnson's? He's 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you another one I think that uh, I think the staff's higher on than most of them is uh, that Sam Howell from North Carolina. Yeah. He got over about, about three weeks ago or so? Yeah, I think so. And also, uh, 
think they're actually high on David Baldwin, IMG's quarterback. I think he's oh, okay. a dual threat lefty. How about uh, but I mean, defense? how how are you going to bring? I mean, who's going to come in? I know that's what I'm saying. It's going to be tough. What what dual threat? Incoming guy wants to come behind the two we got with the youngest one being who he is. I mean, what quarterback at all? I mean, I know we were saying yeah. that last year too. We had Easton and Brom, and we were like, well, who wants to come in? Well, hell, Justin Fields does evidently. Yeah, but now you're looking at it the same way. Well, we got Prom and Fields. Who wants to come in? So I'm never gotten the coach's staff again when it comes to recruiting. I'm telling you, instead of Bennett, they may be able to pull it off again. <laughs> uh, Jason, I don't think you really doubt your staff. I mean, but if you fill up, I mean, just fill up. We're in such a good spot, it's skip. Yeah. Um. Unless they're just that high on uh, Stetson Bennett, where they want to put him on scholarship. I mean, yeah, you got it. You have to bring another one in. You can't go with two scholarly quarterbacks. I mean, it's yeah, just I mean, he, he, them in and selling them on whatever you can. I'd like to see Stetson play, to be honest with you. I mean, I know he's yeah. not NFL size and all of that, but yeah. I mean, there's been some really good small quarterbacks in college. I think we'll and see a all, good bit of it, obviously, at G Day. Yeah, we're not drafting it. Well, these guys aren't, we're not looking for guys that would do well in the draft. We're looking for guys who win college games. Yeah. Um, with this 19 class, you got to talk about these receivers with Hazelwood and, and Blaylock. And looking to add more. Who, uh, who's the kid, Jason, that Coley has been hot after in uh, South Florida? The number five kid. Isn't there a big time receiver uh, Coley's been talking with? Yeah, that's, uh, that's old Frank Frank Ladson. He's the he was number he was the number two receiver in the nation. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we were like, man, if we get last, he'll be number one, number two, and number three. <laughs> but he's dropped since then. He's like the number five receiver in the nation. Oh, geez. Settle. Thanks for my, you know, South, <laughs> you know, South Florida guy that Coley's recruiting, like you said. Right. Um, but, dude, when was the last? I mean, Georgia usually gets one receiver like this every four years or so. If you can get both of them in the same class and another dude, you know, uh, I know Theo Wee's had some some talk. I don't think I don't think we'll be able to get him out of Texas, to be honest. But nah, I doubt it. Like I said, there's been some talk with the Florida kid. Um, you know, and and I guess I don't and, know. In in state and and of course we want to get Lance, and we're gonna have to beat Clemson for him. Who? If we want to get Lance, and we're gonna have to beat Clemson for him. Oh, okay. Well, and, and here locally, there's still Jason Sheffield. who's still kind of – I mean, he, they're still listed as a wide receiver, but I I, I don't know if he's going to be a wide receiver, to be honest, but he's he still listed as a, you know, a top 98 nationally, top 100 nationally, and then 19th you receiver know, I, in the I think I think most people are recruiting him as, as a safety or corner now. Yeah. 
I think that, that was, heck, it may come up to the whoever. I mean, I don't you'll know better than I would about him, but it may, it may come out to whoever offers him to play wide receiver gets him. I mean, I don't know yeah. how big he is on offense or defense. Yeah, I know he he plays both sides now, and he, he's been running back and he, wherever they need him, really. At Frederica being such a smaller school, but um, I don't think he's then, coming to Georgia anyway. So. Huh? I don't think he's coming to Georgia either way. So. No, but I still kind of wonder. I mean, it's still enough time being an in-state kid and, and all these other Georgia kids if they get going. You know, because there was talk before. You know, we had talked about a certain recruit from this year's class supposedly talking to him and, and asking if he was coming with him. So, yeah. you know, there's going to be there's going to be some recruiting going on. And uh, being an in-state kid, there's going to be, you know, it's gonna, not necessarily pressure, but I think there's going to be a lot of push for him to maybe stay home if he, if, if it's possible. Um, yeah, I don't know where uh, Phillips' kid's going to go either, but Jalen Phillips at Frederica also. He's really made a big move in the – Oh, you're Simpson? Yeah, Simpson, my bad. It's late. (laughs) Um, But he's made a big push. You know, he was kind of, before he was kind of like, oh, yeah, that other kid at Frederica. Well, he's turned into a four-star in his own right at at defensive back. And I've had more than, I'll say, I've had about three or four people in, in the industry talking about him saying he's as good an athlete or, or, Maybe even better football player than than Sheffield is. It, it seems like Ohio State's bigger on Simpson than they are Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems both like kids they were. Be... I hadn't really paid attention to it, but it seems like a couple of months ago they were when they were recruiting, mm-hmm. or when um, you heard about them recruiting them hard or whatever. Yeah. How about um, the Mitchell or excuse me, Marshall out of Clinch County? Is there? Is he close to committing maybe to Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I think you can count on him being one of the next two or three, according to what this Rambo does and when Norton decides and when Papo decides. I think, you know, you can kind of look at it unless somebody else does it out of the blue. You know, I think those are your main four that everybody can be the most confident in. Mm -hmm. And saying, okay, in the next month or two months or whatever, then, you know, you can almost say, all right, we can feel confident in getting those four. He's kind of, I mean, he's listed as an athlete, but isn't he kind of designated for, like, outside linebacker? I hate listed as an athlete because he was playing quarterback for Clinch County. You know, you get those outside oh, wow. the schools and you're going to put your best. You know. Yeah. Like a Miko at quarterback and yeah, I mean, like that. I mean, but that gum, he plays quarterback and linebacker. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's a linebacker. There, right. I, I've never seen anybody that played quarterback and a linebacker that was a quarterback. <laughs> well, the Iowa State kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Iowa State kid. That's oh, true, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. You got me. <laughs> I think he might, even, he might even have worked his way into being drafted in the NFL man. This year at linebacker. That's Jim crazy, Kelly. man. Um, Jim Kelly I, with the Bills, he was uh, paternal. Tried tried to give him a scholarship at linebacker. Oh, y'all remember uh, Mark Ricks? Part of his 
story I heard him uh, when I heard him, you know, on the old speaking circuit, and he was at Miami, and I think it was uh, oh, hell, Lubick, Sonny Lubick was was the coach at Miami, and uh, Rick heard that Jim Kelly was signing with Miami and coming into Miami, you know, coming out from Pennsylvania, you know, where all the quarterbacks come from, and he went into Lubick's office and was like, Coach, why, you know, why are y'all bringing in this guy Jim Kelly? You got already got me here. You got so you know a couple other guys. Oh, son, we got Jim Kelly. He's gonna be a linebacker down here. <laughs> you know, don't worry I, about Jim. Don't worry about Jim Kelly. He's gonna be a linebacker. <laughs> that, that was back when linebackers were halfway normal. They weren't two hundred fifty pounds running four fives. <laughs> Oh man! He's like, yep. Yeah, well, I didn't worry about it, and sure enough, <laughs> lucky Jim Kelly hey, came in and became quarterback. <laughs> couple of receivers that I forgot. Um, I don't think you're going to see Ramel Keaton going to Georgia. No, really. I, I'll tell you one: if if we don't get Ladson and we strike out on you know whatever. Tell you one that might come in with uh, Hazelwood and Blaylock is uh, Zion Puckett from Spalding. I think we offered him recently. He's six one, one ninety, and he can run. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go the bigger route, you still have Kenyon Jackson out there. <coughs> He's that uh, Kenyon Jackson, that six five kid from uh, Grayson. Oh, okay. Has uh, those are a couple of in-state guys we look at. Has Watson Jr. is he is he kind of A and M bound? Is he pretty much more committed to Fisher than to a school? You think or hey, there's still hey, well, uh, you know a lot of talk with him right now is uh, Notre Dame. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. From his dad's own mouth, we haven't been recruiting him hard at all. You said we're not recruiting him at all? No. Oh, wow. We hadn't hardly been in contact at all from what his dad told me in a direct message on Twitter. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. What about – I know we got the Phillips kid committed, but wasn't uh... – at one time, seemed like that's the thing. That's the strange thing with Georgia. It seems like you, you get to the point to where you think somebody's about to commit. There's you know lots of talk between the two, and then all of a sudden things taper back off and, and cool back down. It's it's odd how it goes. But uh, I thought at one point the McCullough, Jalen McCullough, was close to being a, a you know pretty much a, a good fit for Georgia, and now it seems like man. he's kind of he's, he's been all over the place. Wow. Yeah, he's he's been leading towards Alabama for a while. Yeah. Unless uh, I think if anybody beat Alabama for him, it might be Florida State. Hmm. I don't know. There's but the thing is, there's so many kids this year. I mean, it really is. Just in state. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy deep class. And then there's all we gotta we gotta always look to North Carolina because there's such a good history of Georgia and North Carolina. Um, I tell you, that's where we're offering a lot of uh, defensive tackles. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe because Trey Scott, you know, obviously because he was coaching at North Carolina, he probably has contacts with him already and has already been recruiting them there. So, right. And that makes, you know, I mean, kind of obvious. So. Makes sense, yeah. <clears throat> Anybody from uh, over in your neck of the woods, Jason? Well, it's always somebody. i tell you what, uh, <laughs> crap, I can't remember what class he's in. Harris County has a running back to look out for. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> this dude is bad. You think he's, let's see. Anybody on the other side of the state lines? Let's see. Oh, we got a quarterback that's real good. He'll probably go to like Mississippi State or somewhere like that. We have a hundred class and running back. So he's going to be a dang good one. Hmm. Um, those big boys. There's a couple of DBs. Nothing. I don't think George is after any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them be going to Alabama or Auburn. Right. And what about? Can we get one of the uh, big uh, Samoan guys yet? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> we need to. I just want to do the dance. I thought there was one that we were. They kind of they offered a little while back, and he seemed like he was real. Real stoked about the offer, but again, I think things are kind of cooled back off again. Can't remember who it was. Though. Let's see. Hey, while you're looking for that, the uh, running back from Harris County is a 2019 kid. I thought he's 2020 for a second there. Mm. He's ranked as the number 87 running back in the nation. But I'm telling you, he can run the ball 6'1, 200 pounds. And he can straight up tote the rock. Hmm. I think uh, Georgia Tech and Louisville talking to him, looking at him. All right. Well, can't get him going to Georgia Tech. <laughs> oh, no. I they, well, they've already got the other uh, quarterback with connection to Harris County. So. Yep, exactly. Oh, and uh, one running back we didn't talk about was uh, – and. Actually, we've been on him for a little bit, but Rusty just posted about him, too. Frickin' uh, dude from Cedartown, Tony Mathis. Hmm. You know, Cedartown's where Nick Chubb came from. Right. And they, you know, he's not as he's not as hyped up as Chubb right now, you know, at the same point. But I'm telling you, this kid can run the, this, this kid can run the ball, too. Oh, uh... But Tui Tuatele from Hawaii, six four two ninety nine defensive tackle. That's that was the one that had an offer a while back, and like I said, I was started thinking, well, maybe finally get one to get a Samoan dude to come in here. But again, kind of slack back yeah. off again. Yeah, you're not seeing a lot. I mean, you know, you make a big deal out of it when we offer him and all that, but I think there haven't been a lot of talks about Georgia and him or anything. Yeah. And it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of 
you know, setting up visits to go out and for him to come here and everything else. I mean, I mean, it's hard to get much farther apart. I mean, I guess you can play from Maine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Alaska. Um, Well, from Hawaii, Alaska would be close. Yeah. But I don't know. Dude, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, when my dad was in medical school, and my brother was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. It was a long trip. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Oh, man. I think we're set on kickers for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if old Camarda can end up doing both. Oh, man, wouldn't that be a freaking blessing for, for the roster management? Until he gets hurt. Yeah, yeah well. Then you lose your entire kicking game. Right. And I never thought kickers got hurt until we started getting kickers hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you don't get a punt blocked and get a freaking concussion trying to stop him from getting blocked on it, but. That's right. What's the big well, thing that we have right now for Kurt? Marshall or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. He's hurt he's bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think man. next year, who you guys think next year in the SEC coaching lines is likely to get run out of town? If anybody, after all the changes this year, and I'm sure all the new coaches are safe. For a year, but you think Gus is um, going to have a team that will carry him over another couple of years? He went to expansion. I think. Uh, well, honestly, if if Gus starts out, if he gets back to eight and four, nine, and th- I think there's going to be a lot of push to get him out. To be honest, I know they just gave him a freaking raise, but man, they get rid of him. <laughs> you don't think if they have a, if they have a struggle. A, Rough year. I mean, they got a pretty tough schedule next year, I think. Man, they but, probably had to have two really, really, really bad ones in a row or three mediocre ones before they get rid of him in that big contract because a lot of it's guaranteed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't see, I don't see any SEC coaches in trouble next year. I think the SEC will be kind of quiet. Personally. Yeah. Unless the Missouri guys goes back to – Two and ten, or something like that. I think they might do something there, but especially if they see uh, if Hypel keeps going, if he keeps UFC, you know, ten and two, some, you know, eleven and one, something like that. They may try to bring him back since he was their offensive coordinator. So he's he's fighting now. Huh? He's fighting in the UFC now. Oh, I'm sorry, UCF. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm tired. <laughs> hey, real quick before we go, we hadn't uh, we hadn't talked about the code, new coaches and the raises yet, have we? No. Money, money, money. Dude, Coley got paid, son. Coley and uh, Tucker, man. Pittman. Pittman yeah. for an offensive yeah. line coach? And I'd still be okay. more. 
I'm telling you. I'm making the first million-dollar OL coach in the history. That's what I was about to say. I I said it when we hired him that we need to make him the first million-dollar non-coordinator coach. (laughs) I am down. If he keeps recruiting like this and getting production. We know old Jimbo went after Coley. And was going to make him offensive coordinator. And of course, you know, Jimbo was going to call the plays. Right. And Texans A and M was handing out money like it was candy. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know we had to give him a huge raise. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet you. They hadn't announced titles yet because, you know, we hired the Vandy wide receiver coach, Hankston, or Hankston, right. or I don't know if there's an S in there or not. We got a, we got a special team kid back. Yeah, we got, uh, Scott Fountain. Scott Fountain back. You know, he was a, uh, he was a, well, he was at Auburn forever. Then he was an analyst for us last year. And then Mississippi State hired him with their new staff as an on-the-field coach. And then Beamer left, and so we brought Fountain back as an on-the-field special teams. Ooh, and man. probably could have been tied in, too, I imagine. You know, Mississippi State coach has just got to be torqued. <laughs> But it was it was it was huge being able to get him. It was huge being able to keep Coley. And I imagine with him turning A and M down and them handing out money like it was candy, we're probably gonna give him like a co O C title, I'll be willing to bet you. And with us hiring Hankson or Hankson, is there an S in there or not? With us hiring him to coach receivers, I'd be Yeah, Hank. Not Leonard Hankton, is it? Oh, I can't remember. But with us hiring him as a receivers coach, I mean, there's basically no room for Coley to go with quarterbacks unless you let him coach tight end. Cortez Hankton. Yeah, that's it. Um, And then, you know, it may have been a little surprising that, uh, you know, McGee was bumped up to what? 550 or something like that. 550, yeah. But that gives, you know what? That gives Georgia a lot of opportunity to give him a big raise to keep him if, when others, because you know other schools are going to come calling. Oh, big time. You know, get they already, him up. They already, they already have number one. Yeah. You're talking about McGee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they got to make him a coordinator. Well, yeah, We'd I think you can work like I mean, he's so much as a position coach. They're not going to get him just to recruit. They're going to have to give him some real responsibility and some real money. And yeah, we're financially in really good shape. There's only a fifth full of programs that can afford him, period, as a recruiter. But they could but more could afford him as an OC, and if he got to be that high in the OC, we may, we may have locked him up for a year or two. Yeah, but at at five fifty, you got room to you know you got financial room that you can give him promotion, and you can do a running game coordinator, or, you know something yeah, along those lines, even if you want to. Running game coordinator, recruiting coordinator, all that good stuff. Yeah, no doubt. I'll tell you, uh, tell you what else. It was, and you know, of course, humans like Kirby's right hand man kind of deal. You know, been with him forever, but I mean, there's a couple of things that came after him too. Mm-hmm. So it was big keeping him. And then, of course, you know, Tucker interviewed for the Tennessee job. 
And there was Tucker, I think, is going to be the one that goes. Yeah, I think there was one or two that came after him. So, I mean, we bumped him from 900000 to $1.5 Right. That you're probably capping. You're you're probably about capped out with, with promotion-wise yeah. for him. But to be honest, one of the biggest moves may have been being able to keep Jay Johnson as an analyst. Yeah. I think I think that's undervalued. I think that's big being able to do that. I mean, he's a former what? Was he head coach or offense coordinator? I think he was coordinator up at was it Minnesota? Minnesota offense coordinator. That's what it was. I mean, you know, oh. you still have an offensive coordinator as a as an analyst, right? Well, who's the, who's the next DC when Tucker leaves? Because Tucker's going to get a head coach. Do you chance it with Schumann, or do you? I don't, I don't think it's time for him yet. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. For now, you get still Pruitt's boy back. For <laughs> who else we who else we have at the time, and how yeah. old Schumann is? <laughs> right. Well, the the southern coach that we've got on is the analyst. That guy can still coach defense. Yeah, Tyson yeah. Summers. Yeah, I forgot about him. Tyson's a, Tyson's a very good defensive mind. Mm-hmm. He went into a bad situation, and he wasn't ready for it to begin, even a good situation. But, I mean, an on-the-field coach, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he's a good coach. I think he was just a bad fit with Southern. And I think that was more well, than what I Southern from what I understand. From what I understand from some guys that were on the hiring committee for him that like him, is he was going in and he had picked an offensive coordinator, a guy from the Citadel who was an outstanding coach but it had prior alcohol problems, and they thought that all been put behind him. And then, uh, now this is what I heard, I don't know if it's true, but then the guy went out and popped a DUI or something like a week or two before the season, so they had to scramble. So the thing went in the dump in the in the pooper day one. Yeah, I don't know. And if that can be verified, the, uh, but didn't he hire the like the OC at Valdosta State and from Valdosta? Yeah, I mean they got they got guys that were totally different from what they had on their on field talent, and it just it just blew up on them. It, it, yeah. And he could he could never get it back, and it just I was sad for him because I I'm, I kind of know the I don't know him know him but I kind of know him he's old blue hose, and if you ever hear him talk I mean you're ready to jump up from the table and run through the wall I mean he's an intense <laughs> dude yeah all right fellas I think we're about. About done it for tonight. Ooh, I appreciate it. I hope I hope Fox wasn't listening. <laughs> I hope it was. Well, I tell you this. I hope his uh, a bad dude. His little speech he had after after the game last week. I hope he realizes we don't hate the players. I don't know why he said that. That's it's not the players, and I, and I don't even mean that I hate him. But that was just kind of the the wrong tack to take. You know yeah. what? That's really the only time I've been pissed at him. Because he really he put, he's pushing it off of this, acting like that the fans are turning on the players. That's the furthest thing from the truth, man. 
Well, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't, you know. I don't understand. Want the I don't players play to basketball. But all right, so you done did it again, Dre. We can't start with Fox and end with Fox. You can <laughs> end on a positive note. All right, Jesus next, uh, next, next Georgia commitment in football. Ooh, I'm going Hunter now. I'm going Rambo now. Rambo. I was going to say Norton before all this came up with Hunter recently. With, with Rambo yeah. Hunter recently. I'll go uh, Tresman from Clinch, man. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and now he could decide to pull the trigger this weekend. So yeah, sounds good to me. All right, fellas. Everybody check out FieldStreetForum.com, FieldSTForum.com. Hit up on Facebook and Twitter, FieldStreetForum. Uh, give me a follow at the Real Dre. I don't know anything else missing? Uh, you got the front page. Jason knocks out all the information on the front page for recruits and all the different sports that going on and happenings at Georgia. Um, Classic City Chat is where you have all the latest and, and news of the day going through, and just a, just a good overall good time. Uh, so check it out, FieldStreetForum.com, Classic City Chat, and hit the most current date. And uh, I don't know, man. Appreciate it, Jason. Appreciate it, Blue. Until next week, go dogs. See you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.